Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Come on, well, good morning and welcome to church. What a beautiful day outside. And you guys have chosen to spend part of it inside with us. Give yourself a round of applause. Come on. God will bless you for it. Thank you for starting off your day and your week uh, with us and with the Word of God. I'm just really excited. I don't know if you've been enjoying this teaching so far, but it's definitely been a play on words, eh? Yo mama. So for those of you joining us for the first time, either in-house or online, just to give you a little bit of context, it's not an insult. What the enemy meant for evil, we're going to use for good. Right, Derek? (laughs) Come on. We want to do quite the opposite. We want to lift up the women in this community, the women in this church, and we want to lift up the body of Christ, which is referenced as the bride of Christ. So that's context uh, to this series. And this teaching has been inspired by our very own Pastor Rudy. He's a songwriter, and he came up with this title, From Manure to Mature. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. If you can't have fun in church, what are you doing here? So... The joy of the Lord is our strength, and uh, we're going to grow together. You ready to grow? You ready to learn? All right. Well, uh, I don't know if you've noticed any changes in smells lately going on in the Fraser Valley area, but we were in the vehicle with my kids the other day, and one of the youngest said, what stinks? And I said, well, sweetheart, you're going to have to be a little more specific. (laughs) You're in a car full of siblings. (laughs) We have five kids. Any one of us could be stinking right now. And what she was smelling was the smell of money. You know what I'm talking about, fertilizer that we're fertilizing the fields with. And um, you know what? We don't always like the smell of it, but we do like what it produces. Come on, right? We don't always like the look of it, but we do like what can come out of it. So uh, manure is that mess that no one wants to really touch, no one wants to really be a part of, and no one wants to live in the mess. And I don't know about you, but the mess for me at times can cause stress. Right? Anyone else? Yeah. Well, especially if nothing is done about it. And I don't mind uh, getting my hands a little dirty if I know that I can make a difference. Come on. I'm not afraid of the mess, but at first glance, I'm a little put off by it. (laughs) Might look different for all of us, what the season of mess can be. Mess is one of those things, hey, Kim, that can cause stress. Mess can cause stress, especially when you weren't ready for it or you feel that you don't have control over it. But, you know, again, if we just focus on the mess and we focus on what isn't working, we're all going to miss on what is working. And God is always working. And all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. Come on. So even God can take a little bit of fertilizer and make a harvest with it. Come on, you can't have a harvest without a little bit of fertilizer. So let's talk about what's going to keep us together healthy and mature, even if we have to deal what looks like manure, all right? So I want to, again, go into Ephesians, Ephesians 4, and just to give you some context, Paul is writing. Paul was formerly known as Saul. Saul was a very religious man who was going around arresting Christians thinking he was doing the right thing. 
But then on the road to Damascus, he had this encounter with Jesus, this bright light, and Jesus spoke out to him, and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who is this? And it's Jesus. And so Saul's life went from prestige and honor and all these, all these things. Religiously, he was right up there, but he was missing relationship. And then when he found Jesus, his whole world got turned right upside down. He got criticized because most of his time was spent living on the streets. If he wasn't living out on the streets, he was in prison for something. But he chose the lifestyle to lift up God as a servant of God. He wanted to lift God up. He was tired of lifting himself up. So Paul knew what it was like to deal with mess, to live in the mess, to be put down because of his beliefs, to be cast aside and judged because that he chose to be a servant of God and live through the mess to get the message across. And that is Jesus, 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 Jesus over everything. So Paul had started this church in Ephesus, and Ephesus was the epicenter for worship for the Greek and Roman gods, okay? And so he starts this church there, and this church becomes quite successful. For two years, it's this multicultural, multi-ethnic move of God, these Jesus followers and disciples, and the church is doing great. Well, then Paul moves on in his journey, and a few years later, he's in prison, and things aren't going so great. Go figure. Some people have this false reality that in church and Christians, everything's going to be perfect. Well, I'm telling you, we ain't perfect. We're just forgiven, right? <laughs> but God is using us, and the more we get closer to Christ, the more that you will see his perfection in us, in his strength through our weakness. But we are all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And thank God for his redemption, his grace, and his mercy, and most importantly, his love that covers a multitude of sins. Are you with me? So here we got Paul in Ephesus, or he's now in prison, and he's writing to the church in Ephesus. And the first part of Ephesians, you'll see that he focuses mainly just on the gospel, the good news of Jesus and how he came and he died and he died for the redemption of our sins and he rose from the grave. The good news, the good news, the good news. He led with vision because we know without vision we perish or we're unrestrained. But then the next part, he really encourages the church, the people to, to live out the gospel in their day-to-day -day lives from the workplace, in their communities, in their home, in their personal lives. So that's the emphasis and the context of what we're going to be talking about. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, I'm going to give you four points. I'm giving to you ahead of time. I don't normally do that, but I want you to write these down. Because the first point we're going to talk about is the battle. Then we're going to talk about the bond, the belief, and finally, what we build. I'll say that again. We're going to talk about the battle. We're going to talk about the bond, the belief, and what we built. And Pastor Steph, didn't she do a great job of reading the scripture for us this morning? Give it up for Pastor Steph. So the first point, the battle, the battle. This is the ultimate battle. It says in verse 4, so I go back, Ephesians 4, verse 4, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely, here it is, humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. This is the ultimate battle, to live a life worthy of your calling. And not just receiving it, but living through it, through Humility, 
gentleness, patience, and love. I said to the men this morning, isn't it interesting how there's always a condition to the call? Right? I said to the men, I said, I said this morning, you can do the right thing, but do it the wrong way. But you can't do the wrong thing the right way. Hmm. I'll say it again. You can do the right thing, but end up doing it the wrong way. And how many times does that happen in our relationships? Great intention, just misdirection. When she might have said to you, it's not what you said, but how you said it. <laughs> Come on. And unfortunately, we miss out. Unfortunately, for the majority of people, they lease their, their life instead of fully living it. Right? They settle for less, less than what they're worth, less than what they were called to receive, and less than what they have to give. They end up trapped and tricked into buying into just what is temporal as opposed to what's eternal. They say things like, I'm fine. And they fail to move forward because of the fear, either the fear of being let down or letting others down. And they forfeit their freedom. They'd rather stay stuck in what's familiar as opposed to stepping out in what is foreign. So in that scripture, it ends with love. Love. So my question for us is, what does love expect of you? What does love demand of you? Is my calling drawing people closer to God and closer to each other? Because in Matthew 22, it says everything hangs off this. Loving God and loving others. The only way to, to win the battle is through the belief. And the belief that is this, that the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. What does it say in Ephesians? In Ephesians, it says that we are not at war against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. The battle belongs to the Lord. And too many times we're fighting the very one that we should be fighting for. Say it with me. The battle belongs to the Lord. I think somebody just had a release right now. Something's been lifted off them. You felt that, didn't you? I felt it. I think some of us, again, need to not give up on people, but give people up to God. Don't give up on people. Give people up to God. The battle belongs to the Lord. Love. Hey, Rolly. Amen, brother. And then in verse 3, I'm going to hop back on stage. Verse 3 here, it says this. Make every effort. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of what? Peace. Say it again. Peace. So the second point is the bond. The bond. And uh, you know that word every? That word every in the Greek and even in the Hebrew? It means every. <laughs> Sorry, I looked it up. It means every. It doesn't mean sometimes, part of the time, when you feel like it in this condition. It means every effort. And I think sometimes I bail out before God's breakthrough because I haven't made every effort. 
So why do we put conditions on our calling? If she does this, then I will do that. Well, once they say sorry, then I'll step forward and forgive. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> In the Lord's prayer, we're taught Jesus' disciples came to him and said, hey, teach us how to pray. And part of that prayer was forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's a daily prayer. There's a condition there. It's not to set them free, but to set you free. Don't hold on to that, because if you hold on to unforgiveness, it turns into bitterness. It doesn't affect them as much as it affects you. Forgiveness. Every effort. You know, in peace, I love peace. You know, peace is that mortar that adheres the bricks that we are building together on purpose for a purpose. Peace. The bond of peace. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. Hold on. And apart from him, James, John 15, 15 says we can do what? Nothing. He is the bond. He is the bond. He is the vine. We are the branches. Apart from him, we can do nothing. He is the bond of peace. And apart from him and apart from his word, we can build nothing that will stand the storm. Matthew 7, 26. But God can take those messes and he can turn them into milestones. He can take that mess and turn it into a milestone. When you thought it was over, when you thought everything was done in your relationship, in your calling, whatever it is, he is in that business to, to show you so you can build a milestone and your family can see it and they can say, look, there's a miracle. And God did a miracle through dad. And you could go back to that milestone and give God the glory and say, look, if son, if God can do it in my life, he can do it in yours. Have you ever been struggled to make all the effort for unity? Or maybe you felt like you did, but it's two parts in a relationship. And at the end of you, I want to encourage you is the beginning of him. Remember in your weaknesses, strength is made perfect. Because God can even take manure and make it into mortar. But you can't just make mortar with strictly manure, okay? I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up. You need other things, other elements in it. And if you don't have the bond of peace, it's just going to stink. And it's not going to stick. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> I'm liking the stuff that's coming out that's not in my notes. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so let us not give up on growing, but make every effort with the bond of peace. Jesus. And verse 4 says, there's one body. One spirit, just as you were called to one hope, you were called. The third is the belief. 
See, we are bound by our belief. What we believe is who we become. Isn't that right, Dave? Stressed out, stressed or blessed? Restless or restful? Built up or burdened? We become what we believe. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is, so he becomes. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9, he says, he says this, we are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We believe that the church is the body of Christ. We all play an important part in the way we, we function as one unit. We all have differences that creates our reward. We are the hands and we are the feet. And it is through that maturity as believers that we move through the mess. And that is how God uses the manure to help us mature. In the verse that mentioned hope, you know that Hebrews 6.19 talks about the hope as an anchor? And in the Passion Translation, this first time I read it in the Passion Translation, it says, we have this certain hope like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Woo! (laughs) Give it up for God's word. Then we get to the build. We get to build. We were made to create. We were made to build. We were made to build not just our own thing, but to build up the body of Christ, his church. You were made in the very image of God. Genesis 1.27 And the fruit of what we build is evidence that God uses that mass to help us mature. We as a church, I'm proud to say that we will be known for encouraging and building each other up. When the world wants to enable for dysfunction, we choose to equip for destiny. When the world wants to be selfish, we choose to serve. Each of us has a gift that God wants to use for the sake of love so that others may also experience but know true love. For God is love. Would you stand with me? Our takeaway verse is this. Ephesians 4, 13 to 14. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, who is Jesus, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I think some of you have been shortchanged. I think that we need to receive the full measure. God has more for you. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. He didn't settle for less when he gave his one and only son. 
Receive what he has to give you. Receive the love that he has to give you. Receive the forgiveness that he has to give you so that you can receive it and you can give it. So that it can flow to you and through you. So that others will know who he is by our love for one another. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. Lord, thank, thank you for sending your one and only Son. Lord, we thank you in advance for healing in your house, for unity in this community throughout the whole Fraser Valley. We lift up the bride of Christ. We lift up every church that waves your name higher than every other name. And we lift you up as we serve and honor and speak highly of your children. We thank you, Father God, for the mess. We thank you, Lord, that we can help each other, dust each other off, and grow to the maturity that you have called us to. Thank you again, Lord, that your mercies are made new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Bless you, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here in the house today and something in the word that I spoke to you about, mass spoke to you, maybe it was about peace, maybe it was about what you're building, Maybe it's fully living out the calling that's been placed on your life. But if you were to have an honest moment, you're struggling in that area. We get that. Most importantly, God gets that. And some of the things that we, the obstacles we put in the way limit what God wants to do in our life. Sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let God in. And that's what he wants to do right here, right now. Paul said in Romans 10 verse 9, if we believe in our hearts, if we believe in our hearts that God the Father raised his son from the grave and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. That's the biggest thing that I need saving from is myself, my pride, And there's only one way, and his name is Jesus. And so I want to give you that opportunity right now. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. We're going to do just that. And whether you're praying it for the first time or you're coming back to Jesus, and it's your reset moment, it's your revelation moment, it's your redemption moment, just receive it fully now as we pray. Would you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like to be in the mess, to deal with the mess. I know what it's like to sin. Would you please forgive me? I believe 
that you chose to die for me. I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart and help me with the mess? Would you be Lord over my life? I thank you that my past is past and today is a new day with you in Jesus' name. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed. Again, this is a holy moment. If you prayed this prayer, either for the first time or you're coming back to him today, would you just give me a thumbs up in the house? I can just celebrate with you. I'm not going to call you out or anything. Quite the opposite. You'll be on my heart this week. Awesome. If there's anyone else in the house who prayed that prayer for the first time or coming back to Jesus or online, just give me a thumbs up online. That's awesome too. Thank you. I see you. God sees you. And, and even if you didn't put your thumb up, God still sees you. Nobody can take this moment back from you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Surely I am with you always. Praise God. Well, we're going to continue to press in. and God's not done yet. I want to share a story with you. Because here at College Street, we believe with all our heart in the Great Commission. And that is to make disciples. And part of discipleship in our walk with God is being baptized. For he said to go into all the world, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching others to obey his commands. And surely he is with them always. And so we fill this tank out of faith every Sunday. And it is by the power and the grace of God that people continue to come in and step in in their walk with Jesus. And what baptism means, the word actually means to be immersed, fully immersed. And in Romans it says that when we are baptized, when we go under the water, that we are baptized with Christ. We go under the water represents when he went to the grave. All that sin that held us back, the authority of it stays in the water. We come up out of the water represents his resurrection. It says that we are resurrected with Christ. Oh, you will have battles, but trust me, you will have breakthrough to follow. For sin no longer has authority. And the story I want to share happened on a Thursday. This last Thursday, our band comes together, our team comes together, the whole production team. And we always say, we're not just practicing. We're coming in with hearts to worship. We're coming in ready to receive and to give to one another. And on Thursday, we're going through our final run-through. We're worshiping. We're praising God. I even have a part. I come up so the cameras know to try to follow me. and All of that stuff. They do such a good job. But I'm about to come up and I smell smoke. Something's on fire. It ain't me. And just outside those doors were three women smoking. They had heard the music and they wanted to come because they heard the music. And would you believe it? We invited them in and I just said, hey, we're just going through our run through. You know, make yourself at home. Take in the music. It's amazing. And I went up and I did what I'm doing right now and I opened it up and I said, this is what baptism means. And I didn't hold back. I didn't hold back. I wasn't rehearsed. It was from the heart. And I said, I'm going to be down here. I went from here to here 
And I said, I'm going to be down there. And if you want to be baptized, just come to me. And Rachel came to me and she said, could I be baptized? opened it up half the band didn't know what was going on but we were doing a baptism and we were ready at all times in all places to reach every available person by every available means with the gospel and that's happening right now so if that's you and you want to be baptized at any time as we worship just come forward it would be an honor for my wife and I to be a part of this journey with you let's worship God now and if that's you, just come. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.